Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Um, man, what a great day to be at church, man. So glad that you're here. Part one of a series called Stay Positive. And how many know that we might need this now as much as ever to, to stay positive? I mean, there's just something about the world that we live in. The world we live in can be a bit cynical, a bit negative. If you watch the news, you know, if it leads, it bleeds. So if we, we got to put the worst possible thing that we can find on the news, we got to find the bad stuff, the awful stuff, where are people dying or things are blowing up or bad things are happening. Let me just help you real quick here. There is so much great things going on in the world today. You just don't know about them all the time. And I want you to know that you have so much in this life to be positive about, that there are a lot of great things that you can be positive about. And, but, but we get sucked into the trap of being negative. And, and real quickly, let's, let's just take a quick poll. How many of you, and you might want to uh, poll for your spouse if you're married in here, um, how many of you would say, man, I'm just naturally this super optimistic, everything is glass half full, you know, all that. How many of you are naturally optimistic? Raise your hand real quick here. Uh, you, you're, 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 okay, let's, let's go the other way. How many of you are just naturally pessimistic? The glass is half empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you are right in the middle? You feel like I'm even, okay, most of you feel like you're in the middle, which probably means, what do you think that means? I'll let you figure that out. So, uh, so anyway, I want to get you so pumped up to start off this year because I want you to know that, that from, uh, from all of Scripture, you have a ton to be positive about. You have a t- Let me just put it like this. Things are looking up. And today as we look at, and if you have your Bible, why don't you go to Romans chapter 8. I want you to know that things are looking up for you. That there is a lot for you to be excited about, to be, uh, to be happy about, to praise God about. There are so, even if your situation right now personally looks kind of bleak, I promise you, things are looking up. And I just, everybody say, okay, pastor. Just trust me, just roll with me because I need you to get into a positive frame of mind. And so today I want you to talk about, and I'm going to talk about the idea of staying hopeful. I want you to stay in that hopeful frame of mind. Like I want you to have that positive expectation. That's what hope is. It's a positive expectation for your future that I'm telling you just things are looking up. Now, now in this life, again, there are people who are negative and usually it falls into two categories. Number one way we can be negative is we just have negative thoughts and negative, what we call self-talk. Do you ever like listen to the thoughts that go through your brain and listen to your self-talk and then ask yourself, what is it that my mind dwells on? What is it that I think about? And if you're a negative person, I want you to begin to change your mind. And we're going to talk about that over these next few weeks. Is because so many times we can get negative just in our brain. Our little world, I don't know about you, but in my mind, I have a movie reel running of things I see. And I have things that I, I say in my brain. And most of the time, I don't say out loud. And, and, and so many of the times, it's just, it's just negative. And I have to stop myself, catch those thoughts and say, Todd, you can't think like that. And I have to check myself on things just getting out of hand and being negative in my mind. Now, the other way that people are negative is people are just negative about outward stuff. These are what we call like complainers. You ever met people like that? Yeah, they just, everything's negative. They can complain about the government. They can complain about the weather. They can complain about Christmas. They can find the bad in anything and then they want to share it with you because they think they're so insightful with their negativity. And so these are just spewers and complainers. And this is kind of the way that we fall into this trap. As a matter of fact, I heard a great story. There was this woman who was traveling to Rome. And before she went on her trip, she had to go get her hair did. And so she went to go see her hairdresser and get her hair did so she looked good for her trip to Rome. And so she's sitting down and the hairdresser's like, oh, well, you know, how's it going? You know, they got to talk you up a little bit, see how things are going. Like, I'm going to Rome. And you know what the hairdresser said? The hairdresser said, Rome? 
Who wants to go to Rome? That place is awful. I mean, the people are rude. It's kind of a dirty place. Uh, what, a, what a terrible place to go, man. And she, she goes, well, how are you getting there? And, and the woman's like, well, we, we actually got a great rate on Continental Airlines. And, oh, Continental Airlines, they're the worst. They have the worst airplanes and the people are rude. The, the, the steward, the flight attendant people, they're just rude. And they're always late. I mean, that's like the latest airline. Where are you going to stay? Oh, there's this place. It's over the Tiber River. It's this really famous. Oh, yeah, I know that place. People think it's like the most amazing place, but it actually gets terrible reviews. It's a terrible place. It's just going to be awful. And I and, and, and think the woman's like, oh, dear God. What are you going to do while you're there? And she goes, oh, well, you know what? We're going to go to the Vatican and go see the Pope. And the hairdresser laughs out loud, like, are you kidding me? You and 20 million other people. I mean, you're going to be so far away. The Pope's only going to be like that big. And it's just, you know, wow, I, I, I guess I need to pray for you because your trip's going to look so bad. I need to really, you know, pray for you to help you make sure that you have a good trip. And so sure enough, the woman leaves. A few weeks later, she comes back for her next haircut appointment. And the hairdresser's like, oh, how was your trip? The woman said, it was the most amazing trip I ever took. It was incredible. As a matter of fact, you remember Conanel? Conanel, actually, we were on one of their brand new airplanes, and, and, and there was a mix-up. They kind of overbooked, and they actually, because they didn't have enough seats in economy, we got bumped up to first class for free. And she's like, I had this hunky 25-year-old take care of me all day long. And, and, and it was just the, it was the best. It was so awesome. And, and, and then we got there, and, and, and remember the hotel? Oh, the same thing was crazy with the hotel. They found out that we were there, and, and, and there was a situation where we could get like a free upgrade to a suite and we had the most beautiful view over the river it was the most incredible thing in the world and the hairdresser's like oh okay okay well then did you get to see the pope she goes oh my gosh that's the most incredible part of all we went to the vatican and we were doing a tour and one of the guards tapped us on the shoulder and said hey the pope occasionally likes to meet a few of the visitors and, and, and we got pulled into a side room and we're sitting there waiting. The Pope's going to come in. And sure enough, the Pope comes in and he, he goes to each one of us and says a few words to each one of us very personally. And the hairdresser's like, oh my gosh, what did he say to you? He leaned down and whispered and said, who gave you that terrible haircut? <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? That's worth the price of admission right there. People in life are, are, are sometimes automatically negative. And some people, God bless you, we love you. You are so optimistic and hopeful. And sometimes you get on our nerves, but we're glad that you're there because you make the world a better place. And, and, and I'm telling you, there's just something about being a positive and hopeful person. And I want you to know this too, because this is important to me. I'm not a self-help humanistic person. And, and so I want you to know this. This is before we begin. It is, I'm not hopeful because of what I feel. I don't want you to go and just pump yourself up and get in the mirror. Remember Stuart Smalley? From baby back they like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. You remember that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about this. So I'm not, I'm not saying be hopeful because of what you feel. Because some days you will feel great, and some days you will feel bad. Sometimes you will have great circumstances and have every reason to feel good. And sometimes your circumstances will be awful, and you'll have every right and reason to feel bad. I'm not saying stay hopeful and stay positive because of what you feel. I'm saying something different. I'm saying I want you to be hopeful because of what God says. In Romans chapter 8, 
great. I mean, this is, this is probably like one of the greatest chapters in all of the New Testament. I, I, literally, we could, we could talk through this chapter and I could give you 20 positive, hopeful things from this chapter. I, I whittled them down to eight. And so we got eight from eight because that just sounds good. And so I, this is, I'm going to go quick. This is a shotgun sermon, but I just want to fill you full of faith and hope that you have every reason to stay hopeful in this life. Are you ready to go? Number one is this. First reason to be hopeful is this, is that I want you to know my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Maybe I should have reworded that because I almost feel like, hey, I'm bragging. Hey, my sins are forgiven. I want you to know that in Christ Jesus, your sins are forgiven and your eternity is secure. Like you should have a smile on your face right now. Like you, you should be like grinning from ear to ear right now. You should be positive about this idea. As a matter of fact, listen to how it says, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. I want you to know this, like there's no condemnation. That literally when you come to Jesus and you ask for forgiveness and you put your faith and dependence on Jesus, there's no condemnation. Now, some of you don't live like that, but it's a promise that I want you to adopt this morning. Because I want you to know your sins are forgiven. Your eternity is secure. Things are looking up for you. And maybe not in this exact moment, but eternally speaking, things are really, really looking up for you. Things are looking really, really good. And that alone should put a smile on your face. See, I want you to know, like, like you don't have to live with all your past regrets. Because I know some of you. And I know that in your past, you've got all these bad mistakes and you've got all these stories and you've got these things that you've done. And, and sometimes they carry with you and they linger with you and they weigh on you. And sometimes you'll want to be full of faith and you'll want to do something really godly or really great at church. And then all of a sudden the past creeps into the back of your mind and say, well, really? What if pastor really knew that you did this and had this and were this and was this and was doing this and whatever? But I want you to know that like your past is forgiven. The Bible says that, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, that old things have passed away. They're gone. That literally when he forgives you, the Bible says that he takes your sins and he throws them as far as the east is from the west. You know what that means? Forever. That's it. I mean, so Jesus, the writer of Hebrews says it like this. It's this amazing quote that I love. It says that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. Everybody say the uttermost. Yeah, he saves to the uttermost. Meaning like Jesus, when he saves you, he doesn't like partially save you. He doesn't put a down payment and a percentage and say, well, I hope you make up the difference or I hope you can pay me back. Jesus saves to the uttermost. Meaning that your salvation is no longer dependent upon you. Does that make sense? Because some of you think that. Some of you think that Jesus died so that I could get in, but now it's all on me to stay in. Does that make sense? And that's not how Jesus said. Jesus saves to the uttermost, meaning he saves you to the 100% complete, paid for it all, paid in full. You are bought. You are, it is sealed and done. You are saved. to the, So your sins are forgiven. Your eternity is secure when you are in Christ Jesus. And I want you to be excited and hopeful about that. Number two is this. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. Now, every once in a while, you will come down front and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. Maybe you got something relationally or you got something physically, a, a, an ailment, something going on. You say, Pastor, will you pray for me? And there's something special, I, I believe it too, about your pastor praying for you. Because I remember back when I was, uh, when I was at church and I, I, I was just an employee or was a part of a church, it was just always something special to have my pastor pray for me. I just, it just felt better. It, like anybody else could, but my pastor would pray for me. And there's something special about that. And then in life, you know this too. How I many you know there's certain people that pray for you and you're like, I don't know if that's going to work or not. 
And then there's other people that pray for you and they feel like they just dialed up heaven on speed dial and they prayed with thunder and authority and you're like dear god and, and you're like ha, ha, and you just you just knew man there was something powerful about their prayers i'm t- i want you, i want you to get this wrapped down in your mind jesus is praying for you if there's anybody that i want praying for me it's not just my pastor and it's not just the thunder prayer it, it is it is Jesus pray. Gee, I want you to know that Jesus is lifting you up. So no matter what situation you think you're in right now or how difficult that might be or what you've been through in this past year, I want you to know that in Christ Jesus, that you are so a part of the family of God that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And the Bible says he is making intercession for the saints or he is literally, he's just lifting you up. He's praying for you. The other day I was, I was on a, a little family hike and it's a, it's a popular hiking spot where lots of people go and everyone wants to bring their dog. And so I got my little dog. It's a little Chihuahua Terrier. It's about that big. He's a cute little dog. It, it, it's a girl, but it looks like an old man. And, uh, but I like her. She's cool and she's faithful. And she'll bite your toe if you mess with me. And it probably won't even hurt, but she would try. And, and she's such a great little dog. And we're walking on this, this trip. And, and, and um, my son has the leash at the moment. And there's, again, dogs everywhere on the trail. And this dog, a big, huge black dog. And you can tell dogs when they're about to, like, trip out. Because the ears. This dog got low. And like started stalking, like creep, like a tiger would stalk its prey or something. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. And, and I run over and then the dog like starts going after my dog. And my dog weighs like three pounds. And it got a little harness on. And I just took that leash and I literally went, whoop. And that dog jumped up in the air and I caught that dog. And I'm telling you what, that dog is safe. That dog was not a Scooby snack for nobody. That dog is fully whole and healed and, and he's fine in his crate right now, I bet you. And so I, I want you to know that, that that's the picture I want you to get in your mind. That Jesus is lifting you up. That, that when life comes against you, when big, black, ugly dogs come against you, mean dogs that want to eat you come against Jesus is lifting you up. That you are in his presence. You are in his arms. You are in his protection. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for you. Somebody needs to adopt that promise today. Number three is this, is that my future victory is greater than my present pain. I want you to know that. For some of you, 2015 was a rough year, and there was some heartache and pain and loss. There were some tears shed. There was some heartbreak. There were disappointments, and I want you to know this, that no matter what it was that you went through, and I don't know what it was, and maybe I can't even fully grasp what it was. Paul says something really, really powerful. He says this, he says, Romans 8, in Romans 8, 18, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing. I want you to think about that phrase. Not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. It's not, it's not worth comparing. Look, I, I want you to know that whatever you went through, you can't even compare. You can't put them side by side. It, it doesn't even come close. And now, if I said that, you could be insulted. Because you could say, well, you don't even know, Todd. You don't know what it's like. You know what it's... Look, if you, if you read the life of the Apostle Paul, if there's anybody that has the ability to say it's not worth comparing, it would be this guy. This guy has an entire chapter dedicated to like all the crap, literally, that was dumped on him and that he went through in life. And this guy was literally stoned to death, left for dead, came back. This guy was literally whipped with, with 39 lashes multiple times. This guy was in prison. This guy was beaten. This guy was shipwrecked. The Bible says that he was, he was literally stranded in the ocean for a night and a day. How I many know that just freak you out to be floating? Man, what a, this is like a horror story. 
And here's Paul. You're going to do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Nothing can. And he, I want you to know nothing in this life compares to the glory that God has prepared for you. As a matter of fact, have you ever had a day that was so awesome where you said this phrase, it just can't get any better than this? Have you ever had that day? Has anybody ever had a day like that? Oh, y'all need to get out more. Um, <laughs> or y'all need to get down here and let me pray for you more. Um, Man, I've had, I've had those days every once in a while. There's, there's not a ton. I mean, there's not a lot of them. But man, you're like, man, it is so sweet right now. It is so awesome right now. It just can't get any better than this. I want you to know it can. Because even your greatest day, apparently, cannot compare to the glory that will be revealed in you. I want you to know things are looking up. Number next is this. Number four, my mind is filled with the peace of God. Like, listen to what the Bible says. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is what? Life and peace. I want you to know that in Christ Jesus, your mind does not have to be governed by the things of this world, by the earthly, carnal, fleshly things that you deal with. Like your mind can be governed by the spirit. And when it is, your mind is full of life and peace. I want you to know, like here's, here's what you need to know about hopeful people, positive people. Positive people don't necessarily have any more in life to be positive about. They just think differently. And for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, the difference is this, is that the Holy Spirit is the one who manages and governs my thought life. Because think about all of your negativity. Where does it really originate? It originates in your mind and in your thoughts and in your self-talk. And then it comes out of your mouth and then it becomes a part of your nature and your habit. And that's where your life ends up in this kind of negative spiral. But I want you to know that in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit can govern or manage your thought life. And you got to partner with the Holy Spirit to say, well, what am I thinking about? What are my thoughts and where do they lead me? And how should I better manage? I'm telling you this, the most powerful thing that you can do is replace your thoughts with God, God thoughts. And the way that you do that is through reading and praying over and meditating on the scriptures. Because it's impossible just to remove a thought. If you're a negative thinker out there, you can say, well, I'm just going to stop thinking negative thoughts. That's impossible. It's impossible to remove a thought. You can only replace a thought. And if you're going to replace a thought with anything, what would be the most powerful thing that you could replace a negative thought with? Not just a positive self-help I'm good enough, smart enough, and dog. No, no, no. We're talking about divine thoughts, godly thoughts, biblical thoughts. And when we begin to do that, then the Spirit is managing and governing our thought life so that our mind doesn't race off into negativeville. And that way we live a positive and hopeful life. I want you to know that your mind can be full of life and peace. Let's keep going. Number five is this. If God is for me, who can be against me? Listen to what the Scripture says. Romans 8, 32, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Like in this life, you got things to be happy about. you got things to be hopeful about. Your life is looking up, just if nothing more than the simple idea that God is for you. And if God is for you, really? This is the way that you need to start because some of you get so bent out of shape when people come against you, when people talk bad about you or say negative things or do negative things for you. Every one of you needs to adopt this scripture. You need to adopt the mentality that I don't really care who you are when you come against me. When you're being negative and critical and mean-spirited and you're trying to hurt me or harm, you need to be able to look at them with the amount of confidence that says, and you are who? I'm sorry, who are you? And this is what so many of us do. So many of us take criticism from people 
And you don't even realize that you're just taking it from a critical source. Like, this is like taking financial advice from broke people. Right? We don't take the words of of critical people and absorb those and, and let those change how we think and feel about ourselves. But so many of us get bent out of shape every time somebody comes against us and criticizes. You need to recognize the source. This is coming from a critical person. Now, listen to me. If a godly, positive, hopeful person comes to you and challenges you, listen. But if just Mr. Negativity and Mrs. Negativity want to spew their awful, critical mess towards you, consider the source and then just kind of look and say, and who are you? Why would I consider your thought? Why would I consider your criticism? Why would I consider that? I don't know if you know this, but God is for me. Even when you are against me. I want you to know that in life. Number six is this. is God's spirit helps me in my weakness. Now, there's a lot of weakness in us. As human beings, there's a lot of weakness in this room. There's a lot of things where we struggle and, and we want to overcome. But I want you to know that God's spirit helps us in our weakness. Like you need to be excited about that because some of you have been struggling with the same mistakes, the same sin, the same kind of weaknesses your whole life or the last couple of years. Or you like 2015, I'm going to get over this. I want you to know that for the most part, many of us have forgotten about this promise and we're not accessing the help that we need. But the Bible says that the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Like, I want you to know that when you feel like you are struggling in life, you have a promise that you can cling to. And it's this, is that the Holy Spirit is there. That His presence is there and that He will help you. Let's keep going. Number seven is this, is that God is working everything in my life for good. This is that famous scripture that many of us know, and sometimes we misquote a little bit, but it goes like this. It says, and we know that in all things, that in all things, be careful to read that right, in all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, again, Life sometimes throws you a curveball. And sometimes bad things happen and negative things happen and loss happens and disappointment happens. And this is the promise that you can cling to, is that in all things. It doesn't mean that God causes all things. That's the reason that that many of us kind of get caught up and we misquote the scripture. Is we think God caused a negative thing just to punish us and teach us a lesson. That's not what the scripture says. It just says that in all things. And you need to know this about life. Is that the Bible says that the, the, the rain comes on the just and the unjust. That meaning life has a certain amount of things that are going to just happen. Like, I need you to know this. Like, the world was made in chaos, and God brought order. Does that make sense? And so you live in a chaotic world because of sin and the fallen nature of the world that you live in. So you're going you're gonna to regularly come up against that chaos, but it is God who brings order to the chaos. And this is what we're talking about, is that in all things, you might experience something negative and painful and awful, but even in that thing, if you will trust God and cling to this promise, you can know. That God will find the good. He will bring the good out. He will create the good. Even out of a terrible, terrible situation. And we hear it all the time. These praise reports of like this was going on. But we prayed and we believed and we all gathered. And things just begin to happen. And I want you to know that God can work it out. No matter how bad it is. I'm not saying that God caused it to be bad. But I'm saying that even though it is bad. Out of it God will create and bring something good. Somebody say amen. Number eight, and last one is this, is that nothing can separate me from the love of God. 
Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Listen to this, Romans chapter 8, verse 38. This is powerful. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, not height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to do what? Separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I just want you to know this, this, this thought. Not only is this, is the spirit there to help you in weakness, not only are your sins forgiven, your eternity secure, not only is Jesus, I just want you to know that you have this promise that nothing, not hell or high water, can separate you from the love of God. You cannot outrun the kindness of God. You can't outrun and exhaust the grace of God. I want you to know that nothing, it goes on to say not angels nor demons and that this thing and this thing and he goes on and I just read just a little bit of it. I'm telling you that he says nothing can separate you from the love of God. All this to be said and I could keep going. That's eight for eight. These things are looking up. There's a lot of things that we should be hopeful about, we should be smiling about, that there are good things in our life just because God has given us these promises. I want you to know that there's two different kind of like thoughts I want you to leave with today. Is that in in life that there are vultures and there's hummingbirds. And if you think about a vulture, what does a vulture do? Flies around looking for dead things. Yeah, 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 stinky things, smelly things, things that have no life to them. And then there's, there's hummingbirds. They go around looking for sweet things, for things that are full of life. And I want you to know they both fly, don't they? And they both fly over the same things. Hummingbirds fly over dead things. Vultures fly over living things. But you find what you're looking for. And in life, when you're a vulture and you look for dead things, you find dead things. And when you're a hummingbird and you need to set your mind and your attention to look for good things and to look for great things, to look for godly things, to look for positive things, that is what you find. I want you to know that in life you have an opportunity to be a vulture and just go look for the negative in every situation. To find the bad, your cup, you, you know, like you, you read that promise from Psalms 23, you know, where, Paul, where David says, uh, my cup runneth over. Like, what a cool thought. My cup runneth over. And the optimistic person is like, man, I've got more than enough. It's overflowing. God is so good. You know what the pessimistic thinks? Man, that's going to make a mess. I'm going to have to clean that up. I got a big spill I got to take care of. And you're just, you're looking for the negative. You're looking like for, for I'm telling you the, the other day where uh, my daughter is six years old. And uh, my wife is, uh, my wife is frustrated because she told my daughter to do something. And and then she's like, Caitlin, I told you to do this. What, mommy? Oh, I didn't hear you. And, and then it was, no, you heard me. Oh, I forgot. No, I, just, I didn't understand. And you could tell, like, this is, this is a six-year-old, like, trying to totally, like, work her way out of getting into trouble. And we're sitting there, and she goes, man, it is so frustrating. Every time she kind of, you know, is disobedient, she either comes up with, I forgot, I didn't understand, I didn't hear you. And I said, well, hey, babe, at least she's not trying to just be rebellious and disobedient to you. And she looks at me, she goes, well, thanks for finding the silver lining. <laughs> My daughter negotiating her way out of punishment. So but my point is this, is you've got to look for the silver lining. You've got to look for things that give life. Look for things that, I, I'll prove it to you. Watch this last scripture and we're going to be done. The Bible says this in, in Proverbs eleven twenty seven, powerful scripture. If you search for the good, you'll find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Now you can think about that scripture for a minute. Because it doesn't say that if you search for the good, you'll find good. 
it says that you'll find favor. There's something different. I want you to be a person that searches for the good. I want you to be the hopeful person. The one that has a positive expectation for the future. And let me tell you what, you've got every reason to look for it. Why? Because your sins are forgiven. Jesus is praying for you. God is, against, God is for you and nothing else can be against you. you. You can't outrun his love or his grace. The spirit is there to help you. I'm just telling you, you've got every reason to search for the good. And if you do, you'll find favor. And for those of you, just, just, just to give you some disincentive for being negative, if you search for evil, it doesn't say that you'll just be more negative. It says it will find how many of you want that in life? Yeah, I want evil hunting me down, looking for me. No, no, no. So here's what I want. Here's our challenge as we go through this series over the next few weeks. I want you to become positive. I want you to challenge yourself to manage your thought life. What are the thoughts that go through my mind? Am I constantly negative and putting myself down or just thinking critically and judging harshly and critically about everything and every person? What about my mouth life? You know, are all the words coming out of my mouth negative and critical and cynical? Do I always just sit there and just pick on and find the one thing that's bad? How's my thought life? How are the words coming out of my mouth? Because I want to become a hopeful person. I want to be a person. I want to be a hummingbird. I want to look for things that are alive and sweet so that I might find favor in my life. I want you to know if I can give you any encouragement to start your new year, things are looking up. I promise you, if you will trust in God and cling to the promise of God, things are looking up. Let's pray this morning. Dear God, we thank you for your word and its truths and we thank you for the promises, God. And today we cling to those eight promises. There's so many more, but we just want to cling to these eight, God, that you are with us, that you are for us, God, that you are praying for us, that you have forgiven us and sealed our eternal destiny. God, that that so many things are right there for the taking, God. Help our mind and our heart to be set on you, God, because in Christ Jesus, there is life. In Christ Jesus, there is hope. And so God, help us to become a hopeful people. Father, we pray that you would Seal that in our hearts today, God. Let us go out of this place today. And for these next seven days, let us make a commitment, God, to not speak negatively, to manage our thought life, God, to replace those thoughts with the words of Scripture. God, we pray that you would change us, Lord, from the inside out. God, help us to stay hopeful. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Come on, I want you to put your hands together like you got something to be hopeful about. What a great day to be at church. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.